Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, that's Dime, and this is our slash Tales from Tech Support. Ah, uh, the master plan is almost complete. We're getting him used to coming over here, and uh, if he doesn't hit the escape key and shut off the recording, or throw everything off the desk, we'll be good. Alright, let's read some stories. But why can't you fix hardware over the phone? So after a few years of different field service jobs, I wound up working on a contract basis at a computer company, often known as Big Blue. I went to work there in mid-1999. We were specifically hired to help support all the new laptop customers who were buying new equipment to avoid the dreaded Y2K monsters. Note, this story takes place a few years post-plugging in Ray's engine analyzer machine at the auto shop across the street from the ocean. I'll be me, my customer du jour will be Mr. Howe of Dewey Cheatham and Howe of Chicago. My boss this time will not be needed nor mentioned as you will see. Here we go. Me. Good morning, this is me of Big Blue. How may we help you today? Customer. Uh, yeah, this is Robert B. Howe, Esquire. He actually said Esquire like it was a black and white cowboy movie from the Saturday morning cliffhangers. I'm managing director of Dewey Cheatham and Howe. We're a prestigious law firm in Chicago, Illinois. Our primary business is support of our clients who are dealing on the board of trade. He went on for about 45 seconds like that. I was waiting for his social security number, his wife's and kids' names, birthdays, and the size of his, uh, portfolio. But he finally got to the point. We received 60 of your laptops recently and my computer kid says they aren't right. The kid says the hard drives are too small for all the programs we need to run for our daily business. I said, okay, Mr. Hal, if you have your salesperson's name or the invoice number, I can look up your order. But of course, in my head, all I can hear is, oh, rat spit. Somebody's going to get fired for this. We were talking about at least 50 grand of computers here, plus all the shipping and whatever to make this right. Glad it ain't me in that warehouse. Mr. Hal, no salesperson involved. I ordered these myself off your website in September. The invoice number is BR549. I look up the invoice in ruh row Shaggy. Mr. Howell has exactly the units he ordered. That's 50 grand of gear plus shipping and he can't use. And he's the only one who screwed the pooch, not us. Mr. Howell, the invoice says you ordered our laptops. 60 of them. Model 212121. That being the super speedy, whip-whistling fast chipset with extra memory and the smallest hard drives available on those units. So you actually got what you ordered. But we can reorder the ones you actually need. But you'll have to pay a restocking fee due to the size of the self-order, and you will have to pay for return shipping, too. How? No, no, no! I need you to fix these! Isn't that the whole point of phone support? <laughs> me. Huh? Oh, no, he didn't. Mr. Howe, there is no way for me to do a hardware change over the phone. Not just computers work that way. There isn't any kind of hardware that can be swapped or repaired over a phone line. Mr. Howe. Listen, my computer kid says you can make this right over the phone, so do it, boy. Do it. Quickly. So kid and boy in one sentence, and that's his third kid in a minute and a half. I'm guessing Hal's first name is Kyle, and his wife would then be Karen. Ergo, anyone not at their socioeconomic level is far less than he slash they. Not sure about his computer kid's age, but at the time I was 45. My sons were beyond being boys at that point. Oh well. Back to knucklehead support duties. Me, reaching back into my past for a touchstone. Mr. Howe, do you ever order food or for office functions? Mr. Howe, well of course, or rather I direct someone to do it. Why? 
Mr. Howe, if that order shows up short or wrong, or you get food for a completely different business, you call the restaurant, you get them to straighten it out and get the reorder to you ASAP, right? Mr. Howe, yes, why? Mr. Howe, do they shove the food through the phone lines or do they physically bring you the right food? Mr. Howe, well, yes, but what the F does sandwiches or pizza have to do with computers? All this computer crap can be solved over the phone. That's the whole point of your office, isn't it? My kid says it can be done this way, so do it. I want to meet his kid. He obviously knows stuff no one else on the planet has discovered. Then, me, straining for a better analogy and hoping the big cosmic wheel isn't about to hand me craps or snake eyes. Mr. Howe, do you have any hobbies? Huh. Well, yes, I rebuild old tractors. Grew up on a farm outside Urbana. Still own that farm. Bought it back from blah blah blah. Two minutes of me dreading that he will tell me his portfolio size now. In my head, yes, pay dirt. Mr. Howe, have you ever ordered parts and when they came in, either you or the seller got the part numbers one digit off? Or they sent the parts for a 65 and not a 66 John Deere or Massey Ferguson? The part is close, but not quite right. Won't bolt up straight. Air slash fuel flow too low. Threads not the same size as the original on the studs. Mr. Howe, minute of dead silence. Yeah, that does happen. Mr. Howe, you ordered for the right year make and model, but you ordered the smallest injectors and rails Deer or M&F offers for that tractor. Not the ones you really need for your engines. The tractor will run some, but not right. It won't pull, it won't drag, it sure won't plow as deep as you need. Mr. Howe. Okay, okay, okay. How quickly can you get the right injectors of laptops out here? Me. Okay, hold one, please. Let me see where we go with this for you. I put him on hold, called my sales lady, and told her what happened. She pulled up his invoice and took over the call. And he's off my hands. But unlike most of these stories, no boss, hisses, slaps, no firing threats, and I actually got five stars or ten balloons or whatever the top level was for that call from Mr. Howe and his review. And the nice sales lady, in order to help out the customer, took it upon herself to quickly round up. From all over northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin, Mr. Howe's needed 60 laptops, model 212121. That being the super speedy, whip-whistling, fast chipset with extra memory and the largest hard drives made back then. The sale was almost 80 grand, and nice sales lady sent me a $100 gift card for handing her the sale. Win, win, win. Except until the next partner's meeting where Mr. Howell probably had to tell the other partners why they spent the extra 30000 bucks and returned shipping, which had to be hundreds, on the original laptops. But that wasn't part of my job, nor nice sales ladies. So, oh well. Y'all kids be well. Well, it was good that you were able to pull out an analogy that actually worked for this guy. Um, as pompous as he sounds, as pompous as he sounds, it's funny because he says he grew up on a farm. Uh, he doesn't sound like anybody that I've ever seen that grew up on a farm. Well, that's not true. My mom worked for a lawyer once who moved his office from a regular office space in our downtown area to his home on the farm. Uh, he grew up as a dairy farmer with his dad. I think he hated it. Didn't want to be a dairy farmer. He wasn't too bad. He was a little more down to earth and real than uh, his wife, who thought because they lived on a farm and her husband was an attorney that she was just hot stuff. But anyway, this is what happens when you order stuff for yourself. If he had enough money to spend almost, you know, 80 to 100 grand on computers for his business, then he surely had enough money to be able to go ahead and pay a commission to have somebody set him up with what he really needs. It's not like you're ordering one or two laptops for a mom-and-pop office like what I've got. Eh, what do I know?
They call them fingers, but I've never seen them thing. Apologies for the lame title. Got a phone call the other day from a former consulting client. We need you on site as soon as possible. Me. I've gotten out of the freelancing business. 9 to 5 it now. I can recommend them. No, it needs to be you. Me. Go on. Them. Remember the fingerprint reader project? I did remember the fingerprint reader project. It was the last thing I helped them with back in December. Their users had been clamoring for a different authentication system. Previously, it had been a pretty onerous password policy. New password every 30 days. Pile of requirements for the password. Capital, special character, no dictionary words, etc. No reuse for a year. Suddenly, the light bulb turned on. Me. Hold on, hold on. You had the third-party vendor finish setting up the fingerprint system. Them. Yes. And your security guy probably set up the same password rotation and reuse rules. Them. Miserably. Yes. Me. And it's now October. Them. Yes, don't rub. Me. And everyone's run out of fingers. Them. It in. Me. Okay, this is a completely serious question. Has anyone tried a toe? <laughs> Them. Me. I'm just saying. Them. Look, your account should still be active, and I'm an admin. Just come down and fingerprint in so we can change the policy. Please. Me. 100 bucks cash. Them. <sighs> done and done. So basically, you were freelancing to set this thing up, and they had somebody else finish it out, I guess? And now you're coming back cleaning up their mess. 100 bucks cash? That ain't too bad. I would have probably charged at least double that, but... Maybe a hundred bucks cash and a lunch or dinner? I don't know. The catnip's getting to them. User locks out not one, not two, but eight PCs. I work overnight in IT. Not necessarily in a call center, but I do handle call center things because my company isn't willing to hire an overnight call center person. No biggie. Not like we get a high volume of calls anyway. Around 1am, when absolutely no one from the day shift in my company should be on site, mind you. They can be, but they have no reason to be unless they're a night crew. It causes headaches for me, mostly. They call in saying they're locked out of their PC. Easy. Go find the account that's locked and problem solved. I ask her to enter the password to verify, and she says it's saying the password is wrong. I ask her if she's using this month's password, and she says yes. I remote in and enter our monthly password for her, and give her the information to log in. She sounds exasperated and annoyed, like somehow she's right and I'm wrong about this. I ask if there's anything else they need and hang up when they say no. I'm minding my own business when about four hours later, when more people start showing up, that I'm getting a lot of calls from the same location the other user's from, all about locked accounts. I look to see seven other accounts locked out. The stupid lady from earlier went around to eight PCs at her location, tried the wrong password three different times for each one, and subsequently locked them all out before calling me. Ladies and gents, your average user in a nutshell. Edit. I work in retail, mostly part-time users. Most workstations have a single user account, and the applications within them have specific user logins. Pardon my reading. I know my reading's not usually great, but it seems even worse tonight because of these allergies. My sinuses are all plugged up. I've got this weird cough, and yeah. So this lady sounds exactly like my wife. Now listen, I love my wife. Honey, if you're watching this later, I love you. I really do. But she will sit there and enter the wrong password from two months ago over and over until her like banking app is locked out or something because she forgot that she changed it because she forgot it the last time. So, And I've done it a couple times, but 
I tend to not go too crazy. Two tries and then I hit the forgot password button and uh, then I can fix it. Thank God it doesn't usually happen too often, but... Blowing Fusion und Poppin' Korkin. This title is inspired by a very old meme. This post is inspired by the post earlier today on locking out multiple accounts. This is a true story from the summer. It's the summer months. The majority of staff are out of office and it's basically site team and IT populating the building. Because of this, we often rent out facilities to other third parties. One of these third parties is the local arts and crafts fair. Us and IT generally take this week off as it's annoying to have to dodge grannies with their knitting and local arty airheads with their sculptures and paintings. It's generally not a good time. Also, a few local festivals are hosted this week, giving us in IT a bit more reason not to come in. As such, a nine-day weekend is coming up. But before we get into jollying around with beers in our hands and curry in our belly, we have work to do. Computers, tables, and chairs need shifting from several rooms in order to make room for the OAPs and their sewing machines. Is that old-ass people? <laughs> this is all fine and dandy. But some of the computers are on island stands, with six machines around a hexagon desk, with network and power run through a static pillar in the middle. It's easy enough to move the tables and machines, but the pillars are bolted to the floor, sharing a single socket each to the mains power. We move all the machines and tables without issue. All the PA system cables are pulled out of the ceiling, and everything's ready for the horde of pensioners to take over our site. Us and IT close up shop and have a fairly boozy nine days off. It's great. I eat some lively chili. The young one sees the procession, and the missus wins some toys on the hook-a-duck, whilst we all see some fantastic fireworks displays. It's the week we come back. We've largely avoided the setup and fair itself, but now we've got to pack it all up. Easy enough. We just do all the pack-up in reverse. We put all the tables back together, move back in all the MFPs, multifunction printers for those unfamiliar, back to where they belong, and start putting in the machines. I plug the first machine in and power it up, ready for a new install of Windows 10, 21H2, but it's dead. I try the next socket. It's dead. Okay. Each of the sockets on this pillar is individually fused with a 2 amp fuse. This is because of the fact it's sharing a 13 amp socket. However, most of the machines on this island don't draw anywhere near that sort of current, so this is never an issue. However, as I go along with my box full of fuses, it turns out 11 of the 12 are fairly well popped. I go up to one of the site team, bearing a fair handful of fuses including some that didn't come out without a fight. And I say to them, why are all these fuses blown? They managed to get 11 out of 12. It must have taken some effort to get that many. They replied, oh, they mentioned that none of the sockets worked over there. They were plugging in their sewing machine and couldn't get any power. <laughs> I don't know how much amperage a sewing machine draws, but I'm pretty sure when you hit that little pedal, it's going to draw way more than those uh, two amp fuses can handle. Kind of like turning on a hairdryer maybe or a decent sized toaster. I don't know. I'm a carpenter, not an electrician, Jim. Well, looks like the boys are sleeping off their catnip, but that's a good step towards getting them to come up here and hang out with us for a little while on some future videos. So maybe a little cushioning here, a little piece of carpet or something to uh, entice them to stay put. We'll see. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.